It seems like the more we look around, the more we see that's disturbing. And so that's what I'm going to be talking about on the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. I'd like to thank you for tuning in to the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. I'm Jim Calhoun sitting in for Bob Bierman today. And I really want to thank you for your prayers for Bob Bierman and all of the support because it's very much needed and greatly appreciated. Today I want to talk about some things that are very disturbing as far as what we're seeing. And we're seeing lots of food-related processing plants as well as other facilities that make containers for food products and gardening and things like that that are under assault. We have chicken farms burning down. We have egg production facilities burning down. And we have all sorts of food processing and distribution centers burning down. And you have to ask the question, is there an organized effort to bring down our food industry? And the answer to that is obviously yes. But who's behind it? Well, that's also very obvious. You don't have a whole group of people that are traveling all over the United States burning things down. But you do have a mindset. You do have a spirit that will put like-minded things into the people that are their minions. And so, yes, it is very organized, but it comes from one place. It comes from Satan. And those with the spirit of Antichrist are easily controlled. And Satan has used the same playbook for generations. And why? Because it works. And so why change something that's working? And so while a fire in Oregon might be related to one in Florida, it's not necessarily related by what group would be responsible for causing the damage because it's very likely it's individual people. But it's what is put in their heart by their father, Satan. And so when we want to affix blame, we have to look no farther than Satan. And we are not fighting and struggling against flesh and blood. This is very much a spiritual warfare. But what's going on with all of these fires and things? Why is it happening? Well, first of all, Satan wants you dead. He wants me dead. He wants everyone dead. And everything is being set up, in my opinion, for famine worldwide. There's going to be millions of people that aren't going to make it through this decade. And in my opinion, that's all according to plan. These quote-unquote elites, these globalists, they plan on having all of the resources for them and all the useless eaters, all of us have got to be dealt with. And they don't care if it's done by starvation or plagues or war or chemical attack. They don't care. And the United States has always been known as a country that can and will supply food worldwide. And Satan is trying to hamper that ability. And so while all of these food processing plants and all these other businesses are being destroyed, it does raise prices for us and make things inconvenient for us. But what it does in some third world countries is ensure starvation. And so I think we're going to start seeing starvation in just absolute record numbers. I hope I'm wrong. But it does seem like it's all heading that direction. 
and couple that with all of the sudden we have all these chemical spills and fires and so forth and the fire in New Palestine, Ohio with the derailment there, the authorities doing a quote-unquote controlled burn-off, they know full well that what's going up in that smoke is a poison gas, the same poison gas that was used in the trenches of World War I that's been outlawed. And if you've ever seen any pictures of that ugly cloud, look at pictures from up above, from satellites. Look at pictures from the ground. Look at pictures from all angles. I draw one conclusion, that New Palestine, Ohio, is under a chemical warfare attack. And those that decided to do this massive burn-off, in my opinion, need to be held liable. They need to be on trial for crimes against humanity. Millions of fish and frogs, birds, are dead. And there's going to be millions of people that are going to die from this, from cancer and all sorts of things. I'm watching report after report, now not from the mainstream media, because there's nothing to see there. The water's fine. They're telling people, just drink bottled water for a week or two and then come back home. Everything's fine. But as I stated last week, that we all need to practice our First Amendment right, because it's given to us by God, to be the press or be the media. I'm watching videos from people that live there that are going outside their house and they're documenting what's going on. And so that's where I'm getting my news. And I'm seeing people are sick. People's chickens are dying. The fish are dying. It's got into the water stream. And there's a sheen of chemical filth that's covering the water. And a lot of people depend on those rivers for drinking water. It's going into the ground. It's going to have a devastating effect. The same as Chernobyl did back in that nuclear disaster. And so what these so-called authorities have done, in my opinion, is an attack on the good farm people in that part of Ohio. That part of Ohio is rich in culture. It has a lot of Amish, has lots of dairy, lots of beef cattle, lots of crops. Very productive, wonderful area of the United States. And these people just going about their daily lives, raising their livestock, growing food, doing their part to be good stewards of the land, as well as feed a hungry world, are under attack. Now you couple that with the fact that we have food facilities and production centers being burned down. It doesn't take too much of an imagination to connect the two things together. And then you have that other train derailment. But I do believe the one in Texas was caused by a tractor-trailer rig being struck by a locomotive. So that one doesn't seem quite so nefarious, but they have a chemical spill. They have a disaster down in Texas. And there's video that has surfaced of a truck. It looked to me like it was on Interstate 10 outside of Tucson, Arizona, that crashed and also was releasing toxic gases. So first we have all these attacks on our food production facilities. Now we're having chemical type attacks. And before that, it was viral attacks from a virus that was created with the help of Anthony Fauci, who in my opinion is a criminal that needs to be arrested. 
and held accountable for his crimes. I don't think there's any punishment too great for that man. And then you have these people at Pfizer that have been caught admitting that they are doing basically gain of function. They didn't call it that. They were trying to mutate viruses, and then they were going to magically come up with the vaccines or treatment for what they create and release upon us. And so we're being farmed. We're being farmed by big business. We're being farmed by big pharma. We're being farmed by the government. And it's just not right. What's happening is truly evil. But what can we expect? Because the father of all of this evil is Satan. And so if you're wondering if there's any connections, then you have to know that yes, there is. It goes back to Satan. And then you look at the Super Bowl halftime show and you look at the Grammys and look at how that part of our society, which I guess you would call them entertainers, but they look more like priests of Satan to me, are out openly worshiping Satan. You have all sorts of people in government that I don't think they could even balance their checkbook. And we're putting them in charge of massive amounts of money and we're giving them great power. And we have a dumbed-down Congress and a dumbed-down Senate. And we have a quote-unquote president that is not only illegitimate, he's incapable, he's incompetent, he's senile, and he's also doing his best with his warmongers that are around him to get us annihilated in World War III. So, how's your day going? (laughs) It's a mess. I tell you, it just, when you wake up in the morning, And you want to just go outside and do some constructive things out here, out on the ranch. And I have to do my studying. I start studying and I see this happening and that happening and the other thing happening and all this evil and people getting away with evil and good people doing nothing to stop the evil. And I have to admit, it does take some of the wind out of my sails. And I'm sure it does you too. So we have to stay focused on the big picture. And the big picture is, is that Jesus is coming back. God will establish a kingdom here on earth. Satan is going to fail. Regardless of what we see or hear, we have to stand firm on that, that Satan will fail. We serve an almighty God. And I think that is what keeps me going from day to day. I think it's really a sad state of affairs when. We have our young people who are being horribly assaulted. We're having an entire generation stolen from us. I've been watching videos of young people ages from like 12 to 25. And what the powers that be has put in the heads of these kids is also criminal. You have kids that are thoroughly convinced that they're right. And they act like they want to fight you over what they believe, but what they believe is totally wrong. They've been lied to very successfully, and these kids have bought the lies. And I said this several years ago, and I think it's more meaningful now than when I first said it. It's going to be up to us, older people, that are not near as indoctrinated. We have critical thinkers among our generation. We have people that know how to do things and build things. 
We have people that know how to get things done. And so, in other words, I'm trying to say that I doubt if any of us older people can truly ever retire. Just like Bob Bierman came out of retirement to come out and do his part. I think we all need to look at that as our example. When you take a look at the ambassadors that the Biden administration is sending all over the world, the immature, woke, horrible people that are doing nothing but try to stir up trouble everywhere they go, they're trying to push their transgender, they're trying to push this Western culture rot down the throats of everybody. And there's starting to be a backlash, and I'm really glad to see it. And I don't know exactly when this happened, but we used to have a government that was fairly responsible anyway. But all of that's out the window. It seems like all they want to do is be social engineers. They want to just change everything for change's sake. And just like one of the high-level officials in Turkey told the United States to keep your dirty hands off our country, There's other countries that are starting to do the same thing. And so we do have some hope there. Because the United States used to export freedom and opportunity and hope. And now we're exporting transgender, woke, and just total destruction of everything that we hold dear. But then again, it goes back to Satan. And I see lots of these young people are openly worshiping Satan. And if they're asked about the church of Satan, they have no problem with it. A lot of young people don't see any difference at all between Jesus Christ and Satan. They see no difference. And that's truly sad. But just the mere fact that we have so many multitudes of people that are coming against Jesus Christ and coming against the children of God proves that it is spiritual. Because if they truly did not believe in God, if they truly didn't think there was a God, if they truly didn't believe in Jesus, they would leave all of us that do believe alone. They'd say, well, these people are just misguided, ignorant people. They have no power. There's nothing there. And so we just be left alone. And just the sheer fact that everything Christian is under assault, to me, is obviously proof of acknowledging that, yes, there is an almighty God. And, yes, Jesus did come and die for our sins. And there again, you have to go back to Satan. Satan knows this. That's why he comes against it so vehemently. So I really don't know how we're going to protect our food production. I really don't know how we're going to protect our farms. But if I'm right, and I really hope I'm wrong, But if I'm right, and if this chemical fire that they lit in New Palestine, Ohio, if that truly is a chemical weapon attack against the good people in that part of Ohio and also over the border in Pennsylvania, if that truly is the case, then none of us are safe. That's why I really hope I'm wrong. But when you look at the ugly cloud and you see how the media, who I totally despise, is treating it, and how the quote-unquote officials are treating it. And then you look at what's happening on the ground with all of the animal deaths and all the aquatic deaths and the birds, knowing that when that chemical comes down, it causes lots of damage. 
As a matter of fact, there are people that are downwind that after a little rainstorm went out and saw that the paint on their car was doing some really strange things and it's ruining the paint jobs of cars. I just watched a video of a man who had some chemical test strips and he was testing the water and clearly the water he was showing, one was contaminated, you could tell by looking. And he put the strips in and in the clean water, the strips didn't do anything. They just kept their vibrant colors of each little square has its own color. That's how you detect certain chemicals is the squares change colors. Well, in this pure water, nothing happened. And when he put these test strips into the other water, the test strips did not change colors. But what happened was the colors faded and started to run. So whatever chemical is in that water is a lot worse. And it's something that the test strips cannot tell what it is because because the colors didn't change. They just faded and started getting blotchy and blurry. And so something was actually eating those test strips. And of course, this man has no official capacity. He's not an official in any way, shape, or form. He's a concerned citizen. So we all have to be citizen journalists. And we have to do our part to expose what's going on. Now, if this is an attack, and I'm not saying that it is, I'm just wondering, I'm wondering out loud. But if indeed this chemical fire in New Palestine, Ohio, was set with the intent purpose of harming the Amish, a lot of people are starting to think that that is the case. Because the Amish are Christians, the Amish know how to live without electricity, they know how to live off the land, so to speak. And they are a group that can be a survivor. And there's been persecution and mass killings of Christians all over the world this whole century. Parts of Africa, Middle East, and Asia, they're killing Christians left and right. And of course, that comes from the spirit of Satan as well. So if Satan is going to kill people in China, and if Satan is going to kill people in Africa, and in other places of the world, Why wouldn't Satan kill people here? There's no reason. Now, I'm not saying that I believe that it's an attack against the Amish, but it does make you wonder. But if indeed that is the case, then what are we to do? What can we do? It seems that you and me have targets on us. It seems that the powers that be are going to do everything to reduce the population. And do I think these chemical spills are part of population control? Well, if there was just one, I'd say no. I'd say just horrible accident. But the way they handled the New Palestine incident, it's going to go down as one of, if not the most, horrific ecological disasters in the history of the United States. And that's saying a whole bunch. When you think of the oil spills we've had and other things that have happened through the years in this country, to have the absolute worst one, but yet they planned it. They may not have planned the derailment, but they certainly planned how they handled the situation after the cars had derailed. But then you have to ask yourself, why did that derail? I've seen videos of those same rail cars that did derail that had an axle fire in Pennsylvania 
as it was heading west. And all of the trains have sensors that tell the engineer what's happening. They know where there's a hot spot. They know when there's an issue. And so who was asleep at the wheel? Who wasn't watching their monitors or paying attention to the warnings? Why didn't they pay attention to it? And it was so obvious that this was on fire. And it was a big fire, too. It wasn't just a few sparks. It was quite a fire, and it was about 40 or 50 miles away from where it derailed. And so it already had that much of a fire. And I would say that the fire was as big as, let's just say, an average sofa. Pretty big fire for underneath the train. And so the train was chugging along, heading west, totally on fire. Now you have to ask yourself, what's wrong with this picture? I do know that Norfolk Southern, when all this comes out, I would not want to have stock in that company. So if you do, you might want to dump it. That's just a little side note. Because when all this comes to light, Norfolk Southern will be held accountable. But the railroads are subsidized by the United States government anyway. So I guess all of us are going to pay for it. But what they've done to these poor people in East Palestine is very much criminal. Again, you might say that the derailment was an accident. I think that's debatable too. And where it derailed, I think, is also debatable. Now, I'm not saying that I totally buy the fact that this was done purposely to go over to the top of the Amish farms. But I do know that the Amish farms, most of them have milk cows. Most of them have chickens. Most of them have small animals and so forth that will be very greatly affected by this horrible cloud of chemicals. And the mere fact that it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot being done, at least by the people that are officially charged to do so, they're just not doing it. And again, you have to go back to the initial decision to light that on fire. I've heard several people say that if they, did not, if they didn't light it on fire, then it would seep into the ground and it would contaminate the ground and possibly get down into the groundwater. And so that's why they burned it off. Well, while I do understand that, we live in an age of very heavy industrial equipment. And it seems to me that if they would have just pulled those cars out of the way and brought in earth-moving equipment, and I'm talking about the big stuff, might have to take the tracks out, but oh well. That's easy enough to fix. But go in in that whole area and basically dig down as deep as you need to dig with very heavy-duty construction equipment. The large construction equipment we have can move just amazing amounts of material. They're amazingly powerful, and you have operators out there that are extremely well-trained that could have went in there and took all of the contaminated soil and isolated it. That's what should have been done. Oh, but it would shut the railroad down. We can't shut the railroad down. No, so let's light it on fire and let's poison millions of people. Let's kill millions of animals. Let's put a lot of people out of business. Let's give people cancer. That is what they opted to do. And just the mere fact that we have authorities, so-called, that would be willing to light that on fire, knowing full well that that is a chemical toxic gas 
that was used in World War I that has been outlawed because it was choking the soldiers to death in the trenches in World War I. And so it was outlawed. And so what do the authorities do? They light it on fire and put up one of the and put up one of the most horrible poison gas clouds ever seen in the entire world. And if that was done on a federal level, then that means those same type of people with that same type of thinking would handle a similar event in your area the same way. It's time that these people were held accountable for what's going on. Now, every time I come on Truth to Ponder, truly, I want to come on and talk about just things happening out here on the ranch and tell you some good news. And that's one thing I really loved about Paul Harvey is Paul Harvey gave you some bad news, but he also had something good to say. And I would love to be like Paul Harvey. I'd love to come give you some good news. And the only good news that I can give you consistently is that Jesus died for your sins and God does love you, which I think is the most important thing that I could tell you. No matter what I say, I think that's the most important. And also, it's the most uplifting thing I could possibly say. But instead of coming in with maybe some humorous things and some things that can lighten the day up a little bit, which is my true personality, I see so many things that are just unchallenged. There's so many things happening that we need to know about and we need to be able to stand up against. And on the other side of the break, I'll pick up where I left off. And thank you so much, Jim. And by the way, this is Bob Bierman. My voice is pretty well shot for today. We're trying to take care of it. And that's why I'm so thankful that Jim has agreed to, to help me out as much as he does as we recuperate from this surgery, and of course, the breathing tube from a couple of weeks ago has definitely impacted my voice more than I expected. We're gonna to try to get it rested and get it you know, back to being strong. So once again, a thank you to Jim Calhoun for filling in today. Now, if you believe in this ministry, would you consider giving it your financial support? If you can, would you consider making a check payable to Ancient Word Radio. That's Ancient Word Radio. The mailing address is Post Office Box 510. That's Post Office Box 510. The city is Chilhowie. C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E. Chilhowie, Virginia. And the zip code in Chilhowie, Virginia is 24319. That's 243. One nine. Once again, make the check payable to Ancient Word Radio, mailing address Post Office Box 510, P.O. Box 510, Chilhowie, Virginia, 24319. I would love to hear from you. My personal email address is bob at truth2ponder.com. And keep this ministry in your prayers. By the way, you can also support us directly from the website, truth2ponder.com. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. The man with the whistle coming up. 
Shalom Alechem. This is Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, the nice Jewish boy, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now, get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get in a moment. Now, there used to be this old man when I was growing up who, who didn't want anybody parking in front of his house. So when they did, he'd come running outside with a whistle. He, he would blow the whistle and yell at them and they weren't allowed to park there and people moved. You know, they were intimidated. But it wasn't true. They were allowed to park there, but but because they believed they they believed his whistle and his and his challenge, they didn't challenge it, and they lost their parking spot. And he had no right or authority to do that. You know, the enemy's a lot like that man with a whistle. You know, he says, "You, you have to stay in that sin. You have to be in that bondage. You, you, you can never live a life that that is a victory. You can never live the life God has for you. You have to live in fear. You have to worry. You have to do this. You have to." And, and if we just accept what he says, we miss it, even though he had no right to do that, even though the promise was ours. You know what the enemy is? He's just like a man with a whistle, perhaps a roaring whistle, but it's a whistle. He has no authority. He's called a thief. A thief may have things, but they're not his. It's not legitimate. The enemy tells you, you can't live victoriously. You can't do this. You can't overcome. You can't believe. You can't. You, know, you got to call his bluff. Stand on the word. Go against the, the voice of the enemy or the whistle, whether it's the, through the voice of another person or your own emotions. Because Messiah said, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. That's the truth. And everything else, my friend, is just a man with a whistle. Want more? Ask for Stealing the Showbread on CD. Now, how'd you like to get plugged into a special line let you in on future events, the news behind the news, biblical prophecy, updates on Israel, what you need to know as an end-time believer, plus teachings, strength for every day of your week, and the incredible Mystery of the Temple Doors on CD, all of it free. How? Just write down Jesus' real Hebrew name, Yeshua, and you just call it. 1-800-YESHUA-1 for your free gifts. You will be blessed, but call now. 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me to reach the unreached peoples of the world in the most incredible way. Through Shorewave Radio, you can blanket the earth. It's the farthest way you'll ever, ever touch the world for the gospel. It's amazing. You can do it. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. It's right to the nice Jewish boy at Box 1111, Lodi, New Jersey, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy. It's Box 1111. It's Lodi, New Jersey, 07644. And you can visit us at the web on at Hope of the World. Well, until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, forget the whistle, forget the roar. You follow the Lord. Peace be to you, my friend, in Messiah, Adon Olam, the Lord of all. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Welcome to part two of the Wednesday edition of Truth to Ponder. This is Jim Calhoun sitting in for Bob Beerman today. And again, thank you for your prayers for Bob Beerman. And I hope Bob is back to full strength very soon. Well, I'm going to do my best to lighten up this part of Truth to Ponder, but I have to say this, that if you don't think that we're under chemical attack each day, then you're wrong. You can look at what's happening at East Palestine, Ohio, and think that, well, that's there, and I'm over here, so it doesn't affect me. Which possibly might be the case, unless you live downwind or downstream. But what about the food that's going to be produced in that area? Will it be tainted? Will you buy something in your grocery store that was made in that part of Ohio, not knowing that that's where it was from? I'm not trying to cause a panic, I'm just trying to keep it real. 
this event that happened in East Palestine, Ohio is catastrophic. And so you're going to have to really watch yourself because one of the big side effects from all these gases is cancer. And everyone knows how evil cancer is. And you don't want to help it along in any way, shape, or form. And I'm not asking for a boycott of things from that area because these poor farmers, it's not their fault. But I think we do have to be real here and we have to understand the pitfalls. But what I'm really getting at is if you don't think that you're under chemical attack, just walk outside and take a look up. If your sky is white, you're under chemical attack. If your sky is full of chemtrails, you're under chemical attack. If you happen to have a pristine, clear blue sky, well, maybe you're having a reprieve from that day. But I've heard people say that if you use blue blocker sunglasses, even on the nice clear days, you can see the chemicals up there 24-7, 365 days a year. And so I really do think that we are all under chemical attack, not just here in the United States, but worldwide. It's almost like we're a fly. It's almost like we're a house fly. And these airplanes are great big cans of Raid, and they're just spraying us. And I still can't get over the amount of people that are so brainwashed that they will still deny that those are chemtrails. They'll say, oh, that's a contrail. That's normal. There's nothing normal about white skies. There's nothing normal about these lines going over the skies. Right now I'm looking out and normally it would be a clear blue sky. And I don't see hardly anything blue. I'm looking at a pure white sky. And it's not natural. Those aren't clouds. Those are the chemicals. And so we have an entire continent. We have an entire world that's covered with a chemical attack. To what end, I'm not quite sure. Some people say they're trying to blot out the sun, which is a moronic idea no matter how you slice it. But I think we have morons in charge right now. Other people say they're trying to control the weather. Still other people think that it's toxins. And there are other people, myself included, that have read reports of all the toxins that are drifting down to earth from these chemtrails, contaminating our ground and our water and our air. But no matter how you slice it, it is nefarious. We have to do something about this. There has to be some way that we can get this stopped. I don't know how, but there has to be a way. Because there was a way it got started, because it never used to be this way. When you look at the world as it is right now, nothing ever used to be the way it is now. This brand new normal stinks. I don't like it. And I'm not going to go quietly either. But if people are wondering why they have headaches, and why they're irritable, and why they just don't feel good, they feel run down, and people just don't quite feel up to themselves like they used to. Again, look up. You'll see the cause. Well, I said I was going to try to lighten it up, and I'm going to try my best to lighten up the rest of this episode or two to ponder. Because honestly, you've had enough bad news to last you a lifetime. I know I have. But I feel that it's my duty to bring to your attention some things that you might not realize. And those that do realize what's going on sometimes need to hear it from someone else and get confirmation 
that they're not the conspiracy theorist. They're not the kook that everyone thinks they are. And right now, the people that think that conspiracy theorists are kooks, well, they're the ones that are, let's say, mentally challenged. Or they're so brainwashed that they can't see the truth if the truth hit them right between the ears. But I'm going to spend the rest of Truth to Ponder talking about love and respect and honor and just being there for one another. You know, I talk about the horrible things that are happening, but there's always a silver lining in every cloud. I truly believe that. And I did receive an email from a listener that asked if I was hearing about the revivals that were starting to break out in parts of the United States. And no, I hadn't heard about it except from this person here that contacted me. And I sent him back a reply and said, I hope you're right. I haven't heard of any revivals, but we do need to reaffirm our faith and we really need to be with like-minded people. And we need to reassure each other that we're not alone. Now, I know the Bible says in the end times there's going to be a great falling away. And since I think we're heading into the end times, having revivals starting to break out is a very welcome surprise. I know that there's lots of different types of people that listen to Truth to Ponder. Some are churchgoers, some are not. Most are believers, but some are not. And to those that are not believers, I think it's time for you to reconsider and know that you're only going to have one place to go, and that is to Almighty God. And to those that are not churchgoers, which I do understand that, I know organized religion has left a lot of people cold. I realize that very much. But there has to be like-minded people that you can get together and have Bible studies. And as the Bible says, wherever two or more are gathered in his name, there I am among you. And so it's time for the lone wolves out there to start getting a little bit, starting to get a pack mentality and start meeting with other like-minded people. And the people that go to church, it's time to make your church vibrant. It's time to make your church experience mean something. Because we serve a God of love. He's also a God of wrath. He's a God of righteousness. And therefore, we need to live in the fear of God. But I'm not talking about fear as in terror. I'm talking about fear as in respect. Because God is righteous and God will do what is right. He can do no other thing. And God is incapable of telling a lie. And so that's why we need to fear God is because of our falling nature and his perfect nature. And so we need to understand that we have to do our best to emulate the Father. I know it's impossible with flesh and blood, but we can still try. And we show God honor by trying to live a life that's godly and a life that is worthwhile and a life that he wants us to live. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't serve Washington, D.C., I don't serve any government here on this earth, but I'm a very willing servant of the kingdom of God, and I think that that's another mindset we need to have. And you have to ask yourself, why does the Bible contain passages that talk about people being swallowed by giant fish and people surviving being in a fire and people surviving being thrown into a den of lions? This is just my take on it that God is telling us that no matter how bad the situation is, that he's there 
in the midst of us. He's with us. He's our rock. He's our foundation. Out of everything that I've talked about the last several episodes of Truth to Ponder, I'd rather take my chances with anything that I've talked about than to literally be thrown into fire or to literally be thrown into a bunch of hungry lions because I know my chances of survival in either of those cases are really nothing unless you have the protective hand of God. And so those passages are put there to show that God does have a protective hand and he does protect his children. Does he protect everyone all the time? According to his will, he does. I know lots of people have varying opinions about that, but I know that I stand firm that God is a God of hope, he's a God of love, he's a God of protection, and that is where I've been focusing as far as I study everything that's bad, and you all have to understand something. I'm out here on the ranch by myself. I just have my animals. And there are times when the weather's bad or I don't feel well or I'm just too busy that I don't make it to town, but maybe once every two weeks. And so I can go two weeks at a time out here and not see another human and not have any contact whatsoever. And so for me to do the studies that I do, to see the inhumanity to man that is being shown on a daily basis, it would be very easy for me to become isolated and bitter and to unplug. It would be very easy. I can see where that could happen. But instead, I focus on the wonderfulness of God. I focus on how much He loves us and how much He is protecting us and how much He is going to protect us if we just have the faith and hand things over to Him. And so every time that it starts working on me mentally, and it does at times. A person can't help but having their mood being altered in a negative way when you read about certain things that are happening to small children and things that are happening in the world that shouldn't be happening. It's real easy to get angry. It's real easy to become despondent. And I do my best to become neither. But I do know that God is my strength, and that's where I go. So anytime I feel that something is going to get me down mentally, I just plug back into my faith, and my faith keeps me going. And you can call me naive, but even after all of the studying and all of the things that I see that are wrong, and of all of the events that I'm convinced that are going to happen that are going to be extremely negative, on the inside I still have a peace. And I know that peace does not come from me. It comes from Almighty God, and that is another gift from God. So God does watch out for all of us, and he loves each one of us. And so if all of these things start getting you down, just remember that God made you in his image, and he loves you very much. And you do have a purpose for being here right now, or you wouldn't be here. So God has you on this earth right now in this horrible time period. For a reason. Is it to make you suffer? I don't think so. I really don't. And so I think for true believers, there is very much hope. Well, first of all, we know that God is going to establish a kingdom here on earth. And we know that we're victorious in the blood of Jesus. And so as a Christian, I would find it contradictory of myself. I'm not going to talk about you, but of me. 
if I was apprehensive about things and didn't have any hope and didn't have any type of a good feeling, if everything was totally negative all the time, I couldn't be that way and say I was a true believer. Because I truly believe God is in control, and I truly believe that all things are going to work out to the good of God. We might be very uncomfortable while this is going on, but we have to rest in the fact that God has given us promises and God cannot lie. And so as you look at all these horrible things and these bad things, there is one really good thing that trumps everything, and that's the love of Almighty God. If you've ever played a card game where you have to have the high card like an ace will trump the others, in all reality, true believers have all the aces in the deck. Now, we're told that we don't. Satan tells us all we have are number cards. And Satan tells us that he holds all the high cards. But that's wrong. He might hold some kings, which I know he holds kings because he's the ruler of this world. And he has a lot of minions in this world that are doing his bidding, as well as the queens and the jacks and the jokers. But we hold all four aces. We should never, ever forget that. Because we have something the world doesn't have. And that's hope. And as I bring you some negative reports, it does seem like I'm bringing you hopelessness. And for that, I do apologize. But we do live in a world of hope. And it's not the hope that Obama was promising. It's the hope of Almighty God. Yes, there will be hard times. And yes, there possibly will be martyrs. But the Bible is very clear about people who are martyrs and people that sacrifice their all for the kingdom of God, very clear that they will gain life. And so I have to tell myself that the worst thing that's going to happen to me is I'm going to go be with Jesus. And so as I'm looking out over this evil world, I'm trying to point out the pitfalls, and I'm trying to help you avoid some quote-unquote landmines. But ultimately, we get to be with Jesus. Ultimately, we win, no matter what. And so I don't spend my days wringing my hands, and I don't spend my days fretting about anything, because I truly know where my strength comes from. And that same faith and strength lies within you, regardless of what you think. And I think it's wonderful that we all have a loving Father, a very kind Father, a very stern Father, a righteous Father, that we can lean on in hard times. And knowing what's on the other side, no matter what happens with the history of mankind, we already know that the kingdom of God is our ultimate future. That's what's going to happen. And to me, that brings great joy and great comfort. Because as I see these evil things happening, I know that the Bible says this too shall pass. And so everything that we see that's evil from the child trafficking to the chemtrails to the rampant drug use to the social decay, that too will pass. Because the only thing that stays the same forever is Almighty God. And so why not put all of your attention towards that? Something that's not going to rot, something that's not going to change, something that's not going to decay, something that's not going to abandon you or go away, something that's there forever, something that always has been and always will be, 
I think that is where we need to go for our refuge. Now, I know right now there's lots of people praying for the Christians that cannot get out of the cities that are supposedly going to be targeted in a war situation, and that's worldwide. And while I do agree that it would be great to try to get our brothers and sisters out of these cities, I do know that a lot of them aren't going to make it out. We just need to stay in prayer for our loved ones and our families. We need to stay in prayer for each other. We need to pray for the world. We need to pray for an awakening of some of these people who are asleep. Not necessarily to wake up to the dangers, but to wake up to the love of Almighty God and wake up to the salvation of Jesus Christ. That is what really needs to happen. And ultimately, what I'm talking about on this half of the show trumps anything that I've ever talked about. Any issue I've ever brought up, is it's all immaterial when you look at the big picture. If you look at the small pictures, the individual battles that we are losing, it's easy to get just in a horrible mood, to get depressed. And while we are losing some of the small battles, we're going to win the war. I know that with every fiber of my being, because the Bible tells us that's the way it's going to be. And yes, I'm one of those that believe the Bible literally. I don't pick and choose passages out of the Bible. I think every word of the Bible is the Word of God. You have the people that want to nitpick different translations and versions and different eras and point out the flaws of the people that translated the Bible. And yes, the Bible was translated by flawed men because we're all flawed men. All of us are flawed. And so the Bibles couldn't help but be chronicled by flawed men because what else is there? And those that get hung up on a word or two difference in a translation need to just go get a concordance and look up the original Greek or Hebrew or whatever word they're wanting to look up. And they need to research it themselves. That's what concordances are for. And I know that there are several people that do Bible studies that have several different versions of the Bible. And they'll study different passages through the Bible. And they'll study a passage or two each time they get together and study. But they'll read from several different translations. And when that's done, that actually gives you a clearer picture because it gives you the modern translation and the King James and several other versions. And very rarely does it change the meaning of the passage. It might enhance the meaning. Then you go to a concordance and look up the words that are in the passage. And in that way, you can really ascertain what the Bible says. Now, me personally, I like the King James Version. I know lots of people think that it's archaic and was put together by flawed men. Well, they were all put together by flawed men. I do understand the archaicness of the King James. It's just, that's what I prefer. But I firmly believe that God speaks to each one of us, and he speaks to each one of us in his own way. And he speaks to each one of us the way we're going to hear it the best. And so I think it's that way with translations. There are people that are going to have more trouble with one translation of the Bible than they will the next. And so I don't really get hung up on which translation of the Bible you use, as long as the words line up with the concordance of the original Greek and Hebrew, as long as it's ultimately saying the same thing, I really don't have much of a problem with it. 
But if you're not in a Bible study, you need to consider that. Now, that's one thing that I am not doing right now is I don't have a Bible study group, and I really need to do so. And so I need to be in prayer about that. I thought I would disclose that before I recommend that you get into a Bible study group, because I think that I need to as well. But I think that Satan has some evil things planned for us, and it would be really good for us to have fellowship with like-minded believers to help us get through these hard times. I know that I've came on Truth to Ponder several times and talked about Christian communities, and not like a compound or anything like that, but just communities where Christians get together and help each other. And I'm going to bring that up again right now, is that I think that that really does need to happen. And I wanted to touch on one more time on these Christian communities that are popping up all across the United States. And while I think that's a good thing, I do want to give everyone a word of caution. In my opinion, I think that when we're talking about a Christian community, we're not talking about a group of people that go set themselves apart. I really don't think that is in everyone's best interest. Number one, we're supposed to be a light to our community. We're supposed to go out and spread the good news. We're not supposed to to hide our light under a bushel basket. I really do believe that we need to be out and seen and not kind of tucked away somewhere. And I think my main concern is that you would have some Christian communities that might have a tendency to get cliquish or turn into a cult or something that isn't quite healthy. And so when I tell people that they should look for a Christian community, I'm really not meaning an established Christians-only community. I'm more referring to finding an area that is very healthy, one that has a low crime rate, one that has some opportunity, one that has a place where your kids can be safe, a place where you can be safe, a place where in the town, that the town is already full of believers that are already well established. And so instead of creating a new Christian community somewhere and having to go through all of those growing pains, I think that we would be better served moving to a small community that has some churches that are established, that has prayer groups that are established, a town that's established that has been going for, let's say, a hundred years or more, and you just find the right area and plug in to where you go. And so I'm not saying that I think that you should necessarily go to a Christian community that exists only for the reason of people fleeing there for their safety. I do have some reservations in my spirit about such places. First of all, what kind of opportunity might there be for jobs and and anything else that you might need? Whereas a small established community already has everything in place. And so you have no growing pains other than the personal pains you go through every time you move. And so I would highly recommend that if you're leaving a city, that you don't trade one problem for another. You don't go into some place that's, they're just establishing it. It's in an area that's kind of a wilderness or what have you. I don't think that's the smart way to go. Personally, I think that the smart way to go is to find a very nice small community. First of all, you want to move towards your strength. You want to move towards something instead of away from something. If you're leaving the city and you're moving away from the city, then you're kind of dealing in the negative. But if you're moving 
for something or towards something, then you're dealing with the positive. So I would say stay in prayer, but do your research. Find out what kind of people you want to be around, what kind of towns you like, what kind of businesses you would like to frequent. And in this day and age, it's real easy to check out communities. And then I highly recommend that you spend the money and go spend a week or two in that community. Rent a house or rent a room or whatever you have to do and experience that instead of moving and just hoping for the best. And so while I think it's a good thing to get out of the cities, I think that you should exercise extreme caution. And as the old song says, what a friend we have in Jesus. And so you're never without a friend. You always have the best friend ever in Jesus. And so there is lots of positive. And the positive is all big picture. The negative is all temporary. The big picture is forever. And so as you get feelings of despair, look at the big picture. God loves you. God is the same today and tomorrow and forever. And God says he loves you. And that's for today, tomorrow, and forever. And so lean on your faith. Plug in to the power of Almighty God. Let God be your strength and your fortress. Let God shield you. Go to God for your strength. Go to God for your peace of mind and well-being. And I think that will enhance your surviving this crazy new world they're trying to shove down our throat. Well, I hope you got something from today's program. I always enjoy coming on and doing Truth to Ponder. And I really appreciate the emails that I'm getting. The listeners of Truth to Ponder are absolutely wonderful people. And it is my true desire to be a help, to try to encourage you, and to try to help you get through these very hard times. And I know money is tight, but I would ask for you to consider donating to Truth to Ponder. And you can do that very easy by going to the website, which is truthtoponder.com, truthtoponder.com. And you would click on the support tab. And when you click that, it'll lead you through how to electronically donate to this ministry. But if you'd like to send in a check or a money order, you can do that. You'd write the check out to Ancient Word Radio, Truth to Ponder, P.O. Box 510, P.O. Box 510, Chill Howie, C-H-I-L-H-O-W-I-E, Chill Howie, Virginia. And the zip code is. Again, thanks for listening today. And until next time, everyone, stay safe, stay in prayer, stay hopeful, stay vigilant. But most important of all, replace fear with faith. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.